Welcome to Found in Prague. Welcome back, everyone, to Found in Prague. My name is Miranda, and I'm here today with Alex, Sean, and Mitchell. Unfortunately, Adri is not with us, but I'm sure she's with us in spirit as we're talking about books. I actually don't know. Maybe she sounds like she doesn't finish her books, so maybe she's not with us in spirit. I'm not sure. So, Adri, when you listen to this podcast... Um, tell us in which spirit yeah, you are. Tell us if you are with us today <laughs> in the book spirit or not. <laughs> okay, anyways. Uh, we're talking about books because some people really love them and some people really hate them. And so we hope that you guys enjoy this podcast as we kind of talk about different books that we may or may not like to read. And um, yeah kind of wanted to just talk about like some of your favorite books we have a book list recommendations and maybe i'll start us off with sharing one of our og for those who've been listening to this podcast for a while and miss amy um i asked her to send in some of her suggestions her book suggestions so maybe i don't know if you guys have read any of these but these are the ones that she likes so um the shadow and bone series which i think alex contributed to if i'm not mistaken he's nodding his head yes but how did you contribute to that by gifting (laughs) (laughs) by gifting (laughs) (laughs) um when amy was basically leaving uh prague i think we it's actually us who discussed yeah i didn't i I was wondering much but yeah i was wondering how can i or what can i give to amy that would be uh like a good present but we i mean I, i i knew she wanted books and i knew which books she wanted but i wasn't sure if she will be able to take it with her yeah so I asked her mom when she was on the way home, Amy was on the way home. I asked her mom, sent her a message and asked if she can order it in, in the Canada. So it was delivered to Amy. By and surprising. it was so funny. I don't know if I ever told you this, no. but um, so when Amy was leaving Prague, <clears throat> for those who don't know this story, we went to the airport Um, I drove her to the airport really, 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 really early in the morning. And when we got there, we realized that she actually couldn't fly because um, she needed a visa just to fly through the airport in America. She was going to Canada. And so anyways, she had to stay and rebook her flight. And so she got an extra day. And (laughs) I just remember that whole day, when I was with her, I think she went and hung out with Alex too, but when I was with her, she just kept saying, maybe I should just try to go to the library and get the Shadow and Bone books 
that she hadn't read yet and like read them before I leave because they're sitting at the library waiting for me. And I kept thinking in my head, no, Amy, don't go do that. They're waiting for you in Canada. (laughs) I was like, you need to read them when you're in quarantine. So anyways, she didn't go to the library and get them. But yes, I've never read them. I've watched some of the TV series, Shadow and Bone. But yeah. And then she also said she likes the Chronicles of Narnia. Good books. The Hunger Games. Also good books. And Divergent. I haven't read that. Interesting. All the books she listed, basically I saw the movies or the series. I never read the books actually. That's interesting. I've re- I've read most of the Chronicles of Narnia, but not all of them. And the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And the Hunger Games is like 20 billion times better book version than the movies. Yeah, that's why I wanted to say that um when I in the times when I was reading a lot of books and then TV series would be later, like would appear later. The TV series were always boring compared to the books. Mm-hmm. I'm not reading that much right now, so I like I'm, I'm mostly watching the TV series first, and yeah, you know, reading a book after that. So uh, it's it's an interesting comparison. But I don't know what do you think, guys? Like, how does it usually appear to you? Have you do you, do you remember a book that was worse than a TV series or? Hmm. Um, for me, like Ender's Game. Do you know that book? Um, I don't know, I know the, the book. Movie. I know the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know it's the movie. came out as a movie, and um movie wasn't that bad, but I really think it's supposed to be a TV series. Mm. It's like too many details that you could have stretched out to like eight episodes. would have been so much nicer. So like, I feel like it usually is from books I read first and then movies, but the opposite was first Hunger Games. I read the... Uh, no, I watched the movies and read the book. Uh-huh. And I actually, like, that was the only time I actually, like, respected both. Hmm. Like, I I don't know what you mean by it was a thousand times better than the movies, but... <laughs> well, for, <laughs> for me... For me, it was, like, half for, and half. <laughs> for me, because it was written so much, so much of the books is Katniss's thoughts. And you can't translate that very, as easily to the screen. Um, because so much of it was her internal struggle and so much of it was her thoughts and they, they did a decent job with some, some stuff. Like I I remember watching something and being like, wow, okay. They, they thought creatively of how to portray some of the things that went on. But I just remember thinking there's no, like you can't portray someone's thoughts, like all the things that are going on in their head on the screen like as as in the same way and it's not only about the uh, thoughts or things it's just the movie is like hour and a half and the book is yeah. like you know yeah. you will read it for a day or two exactly. or three or a week yeah so you just can't squeeze that squeeze much it. in a movie mm-hmm. format maybe the series sometimes like has a better uh Ability chances to do it yeah <clears throat> but usually the like those are fiction books right mm-hmm. so the things are not existing in our reality so people or whoever is shooting the movie has to create a lot of artificial things and it's really hard because like 
those things don't exist. And I think when when we're, you were saying what could be worse in a movie than a book, um, for me, it's the... I have my own imagination when I'm reading the books. So I imagine the characters mm-hmm. and, and I have, I'm painting a picture in my mind of how they look, who mm-hmm. they are. But then when you see the movie, I'm, I'm mostly, most of the times I'm disappointed because they're like yeah. less than I imagined or, yeah. Yeah. or not people or, you know, characters that I made, made up in my mind. So my imagination was always better, be- better than the movie. I don't know. I never, I don't remember a movie where I thought, oh, well, it was really cool. Like I exactly imagined it this mm-hmm. way. It, it's always something different or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I listened to uh, Narnia as a kid before I'd go to bed. My parents, I think, had little cassettes, and we'd put them in at night. we just listen to it. They're like episodes. And yeah, I always remember, like, I think th- your imagination is so powerful. Like, to me, like, the cassettes were way cooler than the movies. Like, I, I would just, like, before I go to sleep, just imagine all these things in my head. I thought that was a lot more fun yeah but also reading as well you just have so much more control with your imagination and yeah you can slow down in the places you really want to kind of get into it and then you can you know speed up when you're not i don't know something not not interesting or mm-hmm. you can do it with the movie somebody makes decisions for you like where he skips some parts or yeah, yeah. i think it's interesting because my mom kind of had a rule like in our house that we had to read books that like if they turned it into a movie we had to read the book first before we saw the movie because of that reason because you're then your imagination is like tainted by what you see on the film and you like lose some of that aspect but as I grew older I obviously watched move the, some of the movies first and then went back and read the books and I wouldn't it's really odd for me because I don't know maybe it's just me but sometimes I actually liked it better that way watching the movie first and then reading the book because um for some reason I could almost like separate and reconstruct my own imagination like what the book was and then I, I was like oh my gosh this is so much better like it's it didn't matter to me like which order I did it in. I don't think like I could still just like construct in my imagination, even though I had already like seen images. I don't know, but it was an interesting thing. She was pretty like staunch about it. Actually, when I think back, like we were not allowed to watch stuff until we read the books. Yeah. I mean, we we had something similar in our family. Um, I just wasn't allowed to watch movies, basically. And um, I had to stay at home in summer for most of the part of the day because it's really hot where I'm coming from. So it will be like plus 30 outside. <clears throat> so the only time you can actually have, a, you know, go outside is probably in the evening. So mm-hmm. you will stay most of the time at home inside in summer. You're not going to some camps or whatever. So whole summer you're... Um, staying at home and we were not allowed to watch movies like i was allowed to watch like one movie a week i think on a weekend um so the only escape sitting at home and like being bored to death was reading books and we had a a huge library 
and most of this was like uh, great classics um, and we had like series of books of great classics which is like not for the kids um, age I think <laughs> but I was reading all these books because that's what we that had was what yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> there were no like kids book my age so um, and it was interesting because like I was exposed to pretty serious books mm-hmm. very early and I think it shaped my mind somehow. Mm. And it, it actually, it was really interesting. I was really interested in reading them. But when I got into the habit, like I couldn't stop because I was really curious what the books are about. Um, but the interesting part, I think if I'll start reading, rereading them now, probably wouldn't be that interesting for me. I tried a few like major classics um to read them now and they were not interesting to mm. me i don't know for whatever reason uh, maybe that's why i'm not like reading a lot of books now well that's an interesting thought too like because we lose so much of our imagination as we get older and i almost wonder like because for me it was really i loved reading when i was little mm. and <clears throat> i read a lot of books i read a lot of missionary books actually like i was so enamored with all the stories of just different missionaries um they were more real, but you still use your imagination, you know, you imagine everything. And I feel like sometimes it's almost harder to tap into that place. The older you get, it's, it's still possible, like for sure, but it's almost harder to, and I hadn't read like a, a book, you know, a fantasy book or, or, a or just a fiction, fictional book in years and years. And my housemate came out of her bedroom one day and was like, Miranda, I really think you should read this book. It was, it's a book called Redeeming Love and it's a, it's a book I would recommend. It's um, a little bit f- more on the mature side. So um, I'm going to recommend it for like probably 16 plus <laughs> on here. Um, maybe even a little bit older. I don't know. But it is such a phenomenal book. And she pulled it out and I think it was like 600 pages. And I thought to myself, I will never finish that book like ever. Like that's huge. I I can't read big books. And I literally read it in like two or three days. I, I just like stayed in my room in my bed and like read the whole thing. It was so good. So yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's, it's based off of the story of Hosea in the Bible. Um, and it's just really fascinating, just about kind of a reflection of God's love. But it's a romantic story. I mean, that's the story of Hosea. But anyways, it's so, so, so good. On the topic of like why I was able to like read when I was younger. Like now I feel like there's so many other things I could I'll deliberately choose to spend my time instead of reading books. But when I was young, like I didn't have smartphones. I didn't have distractions. You didn't have multiple smartphones. We didn't. I didn't even have a phone back then. Like like the two G phones. Like I still didn't. My parents didn't give us one, so we we'll just. <laughs> so here instead, all I would do during the off time, like going to school, coming back to school, was read books. I'll always have like books, like thick books, like really, really like Aragon series. Like those oh, books are really, Oh, my friend was really, really into Aragon. Like, those are big. And yeah. you're reading that in the in the, in the metro. Yeah. <laughs> like a little kid, like middle schooler reading that. Like I read that like religiously almost like everywhere I went and like finished it. And then I feel like, like 
the thing that enticed me to read when I was young was the fact that, like, the the settings was just like fascinating. Like the settings were, um, I still read books, kinda books right now, but it's a little bit different than before. Meaning, like, I back then I could tap into a world easily, like I could. Engage myself really, really deeply into that character, and like follow along that character really, really easily, and like already build. Even if I don't read the book, I already know some settings where I create my own stories, and then I compare that to the book that I read the next time I come back to it. That's how like I loved reading books is to compare it to my own imaginations of that setting. Like what can I, what kind of decision would I have made? So. Like, um, do you rem- Do you guys read read the like the, the series like the red, blue, green for Aragon? Not Aragon, no. like the. Do you know the Christian book? Um, I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like uh, the author's uh, name. Exactly. So what I'm saying is like some of them were like based on the Bible and trying to recreate the story of the Bible in a very creative way. And like I was trying to compare it to the story of the Bible, and that was really fascinating. Like I loved comparing stuff. So when I, the reason why I recommend Ender's Game is that there's a book called Ender's Shadow, which is completely different kind of way of looking at the main, uh, the story of the sub character becoming the main character. And hap- the story doesn't happen like. After or before, simultaneously, from the main book, and he's as important as the main character. If you read that book, so that was like, whoa! Like that opened my eyes like to so many different perspectives. <laughs> so like, yeah, I think that uh, allowed me to like properly uh, understand some aspect of how to properly like assess stuff. And but after I like. Kind of got used to that. I've, I've discovered Reddit, which was a problem. I think <laughs> <laughs> internet appeared. Yeah, I think like t- a few thoughts while you were talking about uh, reading and like mobile phones and things like that. Um, I, I think books were really pow- powerful before because like our imagination is really powerful thing, and there were not much exposure to TVs and social media things like at least when i was growing up it wasn't a thing right like you could talk with people uh like by by the phone which was another kind of way of having fun but like what would would you what were your options right like you would go out like spend time with kids outside if you're staying at home like you can watch tv but if your parents are not allowing you there is not much you can do there is no internet like there is no computer actually at home there is no phone like there is phone that you had to dial in the like uh <laughs> you know the the dial phone the dial phone literal dial yeah, phone. yeah r- you, literally maybe yeah. you won't you don't understand what we mean but yeah. if you ever had to like rotate r- rotate, rotate and then wait yeah yeah rotate ticking so the options the options were limited like you could call someone but like calling by these phones were still expensive even like in the country so that's one way, but also if the phone is busy, nobody can call you, so you can't stay on the phone long because like somebody can call and then the line is busy, so parents wouldn't allow that. 
So like your options are really limited. Either go out with friends, stay home, read books, and nothing else. Like talk on the phone maybe for I don't know half an hour, whatever. Um, and now the options are like limitless, like TV shows, movies, and like it's much more engaging because you don't have to do anything for that. And like social media, right? You just scroll endlessly for hours, and like there is not no input from you that you have to do. And it's really designed that way that you would stick to it and like n- not do anything else. <clears throat> um, and about the books um, and when you were talking about like Christian books, um, one thing about like uh, Russian classic literature, which I think is like pretty popular around the world, like mm. great classics are, are known in US also and recognized. And the topics they're raising... Um, like the problem of sons and fathers, uh, hmm. you know, like family issues, like romantic things and things like that. It fascinated me before because like I wasn't a Christian up until probably age of 13. And that's where the most of the books I read were up until that age probably. But when I started reading Bible, um, all these like non-Christian examples of lives of people were not exciting me anymore i don't know how to explain that other way but like the bible was the standard by which i measured things and when i went back to like non-christian literature there is no meaningful there are, there were no meaningful things for me that i identified myself anymore That's so, so it, it it sounded for me like a waste of time hmm. and mm. and it wasn't interesting it wasn't interesting for me anymore. Hmm. So I couldn't engage with it on the level that I did before the Bible, I would say. That's really fascinating. Huh? Cause I didn't ever like have that experience cause I grew up as a Christian from the time I was really little. And I would say that I was really inspired by Christian literature or, you know, whether it was the Bible or books, you know, written by Christians or, you know, about Christians, but I would say at the same rate, almost in the same level, God taught me so much through um, books that were written by non-Christians also. Like actually, crazily enough, The Hunger Games was like, God spoke so much to me through those books, well, which is so wild. Set but. of values are completely different, right? Like the val- the Christian values and most of the values that are in the non-Christian books are, are completely different. So, like, mm. I understand what you mean. I mean, mean yes by... and no. Well, I think it depends on what books. Yeah, of course. Because I, I think sometimes all... there's underlying values that people don't even realize are Christian, Christian values. Yeah, I, yeah. And so, the, and they put it in mm-hmm. their stories yeah. and they're there and they're amazing. And they actually reveal so much of human humans and God's character because it's just like an integrated value that you don't realize. Then there's a lot of crap too that's mm-hmm. just awful and mm-hmm. yucky. So, <laughs> and I really do feel like a lot of the amazing literature literally had to take so many inspirations from the Bible. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's like if you like that's what I love doing is literally what I just said is that so many of them I could just literally copy paste with a different name from the Bible. And it will make an amazing story, enticing story. It will be fascinating. And that's what I feel like is like was really curious for me is to find out. Of course, I guess it's like a Christian library. CISP library is full of Christian books. But um, I and also the recommendation probably was also Christian books. But I feel like it is 
a very important thing that a lot of the literature really takes inspiration from the Bible, making it so that when it is taken in a different context, it still works. And that was really something that I've I've discovered still now in the media, in the not just books, but just in the media in general. Yeah, just the Bible. <clears throat> Maybe some set of values, and I agree. Some things are echoing in the non-Christian literature from Christian literature, but just the Bible is so much richer. Yeah. And when you go back yeah. to non-Christian anything, it's just the richness is not there. You know. Yeah. Probably some same problems happen in a Bible. You know, like I don't know, anger, killing people. You know, hating on fathers or mothers you know and things like that like uh, trading people and and like this all happens in the books and in the bible but just the levels are completely different so that's i think where it comes from Mm you guys do when you're reading the Bible and you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it, out of what you're reading in that moment? Stop reading. <laughs> no, no, I I should um, probably plug in a thing. <clears throat> I started uh, recently a course uh, by Bible Project and they have like a course by how to read the Bible. And it's really profound and it's really amazing. Um, They teach you things that you don't see or understand uh, when you're just reading the Bible. I've read the Bible a few times from beginning to end. And like I try to read it very often. And it's the most read book for, I don't know, last maybe 10, 15 years for me. But... um, I just really recommend the course because when we're reading Bible, we're trying to imagine or use our imagination and our life experience. But the way the Bible is written was written by Jews. And you really need to understand the context of a lot of things, the way the people thought back in a day, 
to really understand what Bible is about or what is actually telling you. And I was really amazed how much depth is there in a Bible that we completely miss or misunderstand or just don't see when we read it. After I talk, I took this course. Um, it's really profound. I will um, maybe send the link to you guys or we will attach the link to um, our podcast uh, description. But when you ask the question, it's probably you don't understand what it's written there. Like that's why, or you're not going into depth of like actually trying to understand what is written there. That's probably the reason why you're not like getting anything. Like it's mind blowing how much, like the course, one of the courses, they're like, they have a lot of courses, but one of the beginning of the uh, courses, they start from the Genesis chapter one. And just the Genesis chapter one is a course for 14 hours. And it's just like very briefly, you know, trying to describe things, you know, one chapter. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's, it's so much there that we don't understand or don't see. Mm-hmm. So I think, and that was the problem for me for many years where I tried to find some systematic approach to reading the Bible, but I couldn't because I didn't have the tools. So I think when you have the tools, it's much easier for you to read systematically and create a picture that you like couldn't do just without the knowledge of mm-hmm. it. And I think that there's different, uh, just popping off of that. So there's like the three different kinds of the word of, of God, which is th- there's the logos, which is the, the written word. And <clears throat> sorry, that's wrong. There's the grapha, which is the written word. And then there's the logos, which is the spoken word of God. And then there is the rhema, which is like the revelation. It's like the breath of God, like this, this the revelation of his words. It's like a new thing. And I always find that interesting because... I think with the written word, with the grapha, you can really go into it in that like understanding way of like grasping like what was, what were they saying at this time and um, what was their thinking and their thoughts and going into that. And that brings so much depth and understanding actually to the Lord. But then there's also like a whole nother level and layer when you like ask for that logos or even the rhema when you ask the holy spirit to then like reveal more of god through the understanding of the graph of the written word which i always think is such an interesting process and it's funny because there's different kinds of people that will relate to it in different ways like my sister is ridiculous she understands the scripture like crazy she just like one thing will connect to another thing and then she'll just like have this whole picture built out of like the scripture and like who God is. And I'm, I'm not like that at all. <laughs> like I would have no idea what you, how did you get there and what? Yeah. So it's just interesting. Hmm. But the other thing is we're imposing our own worldview world view. On, totally. on the scripture. Totally. And, and I think that's a big mistake because yeah, I mean, that's how people operate right we're humans and that's how we do all the things so we're imposing imposing our worldview on uh, all our life but just in a like bible is written by jewish people Mm -hmm. right and they have completely different worldview from what we have 
so imposing our worldviews like i'm a white male european you know whatever wh whoever am i um so their world worldviews are completely different and we just don't understand the worldviews yeah. they had and then we impose our things on what they have written and it's it creates completely different meaning yeah mm -hmm. right so uh, i feel like that's one of the things that is popping up recently uh, a lot about the books is like the interpretation of text has been misconstrued way more because of the internet of how they use languages and uh this is one of the things that popped up recently was my brother continuously with the same text i'll be like um uh he'll be okay with sharing his thoughts about the text but when i ask him what do you think the author meant he'll give me some weird answers <laughs> like really really weird out of the box out of some blue i doubt simply like it, it was like <laughs> it's like i think it was i don't know how to explain it but i feel like he was just imposing his worldview again in a different twist that was just weird well it's so natural for yeah, us to do that like I think what else can you impose? Uh, well, yeah, what I'm, what like, I'm saying is like um <laughs> what I'm saying is uh properly still of course you can put your worldview in it in the interpretation but properly trying to understand where the author is trying to come from mm -hmm. like of course you can make mistakes but uh, properly having a just kind of a proper understanding of the worldview of that of the author's background is i think is very well is very ignored nowadays because people are just saying oh your thoughts matter your your interpret interpretation is what matters the most of course it's like a blank canvas the word is a blank canvas and you can play with it but at the same time it's very very important to know the context behind it but that context has been somehow weirdly have been somehow ignored a lot of the times that I've seen from many of the times I had conversation with the younger people. Something that um, one of my friends said that changed his perspective on reading the Bible when he was really stuck was God really spoke to him, hey, this is your family history because you are grafted into the family as, you know, okay, it started with the Jews, but then we as Gentiles got grafted into that family. We became part of that family. So this is your family history. So as you're reading, you want to, to dive into this understanding, thinking that these are my, you know, <clears throat> my ancestors. This is part of my history, my heritage. And I think that really changed and shaped the way that he read the Bible because he wanted to le learn from that perspective of, you know, kind of what Alex was saying, like understanding the culture of the Jews, understanding that history and what, like their thoughts and their thinking and um, their traditions and the way that they did things. And he came at it of, I want to learn about this because this is my history. Like this is my family's history. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective to like look at it like that. And, um, He's an amazing, amazing, um, just 
has a, has an amazing understanding of scripture just from that little turn in his mind and really just digging into yeah kind of the perspective that it was written from that's exactly uh, what the course starts from because like um they, they explain the what was the world view of jewish people mm-hmm. back when they were writing these things their cosmology is basically how they understood cosmos and things around them how they understood earth like our planet right they didn't they have they had different understanding they probably didn't know the earth was round and things like that which we know right now and looking back and taking our knowledge except for those people out there that still believe it's flat yeah. I'm sorry, I just yeah. had to call that yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um open another can of worms, you know. But um sorry if we offended anybody yeah. who believes the world is flat. Yeah, we're real sorry. Um don't use phones because they use GPS, um which presumes the world is round. Um Um <laughs> I lost my Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no. The the course starts there, and and it's really important until you kind of dive in into their worldview and understand understanding of the world and their culture, and cul- cultures around them at that specific time period of history. You can't understand the examples, the images that the Bible is describing because you you don't have this worldview. World yeah. yeah, and it's really so amazing. Really recommend. Hmm. Yeah. So like to like the more you know the author the yeah. more you properly understand take proper meaning out of it mm. yeah. is what i i'm just is what i think is important it yes. can't be ignored yeah it can't be ignored just because you're just taking as face value you just don't research the author behind it or the artist behind it the story behind it uh you're taking it like only halfway but it's also an interesting side uh, point of the things because uh, when we are reading same books we have different understanding or we impose different meaning on things because our life experiences are different so we can read the same book but we can come to a different understanding of or think of different things while reading same thing and it's also the beauty of uh, things like uh, art right when you're looking at the picture like it it causes different emotions in different people, right? But the art, like whatever the author draw, he had a specific meaning, meaning. and you might not know what this meaning is. You will be yeah. imposing your view of what this art is for you. So yeah. the same uh, works with the books, right? Like you mm-hmm. need to understand. And I had an example, um, the three musketeers um, uh, who wrote them. Uh, Alexander Dumas. The thing I didn't know about him, like when I was reading the books uh, back in the day, the thing I didn't know about him that he wrote the books just for money, basically, hmm. to 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 earn money. So, but it's it's an amazing. There are those are amazing books, but he was just doing it for money, and hmm. it completely changes your perspective on how you read the book after you know some interesting facts about the author. <laughs> it's just to the point of yeah. Sean. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have any other good book recommendations. As we were talking, I remembered um, this one was super formative to me as a young person. Mm. And there's a lot of books actually out of, 
I don't even know. It's not called a series because there's it's like series inside of a series, but it's called the Life of Faith. And the my favorite series in the Life of Faith was the Millie books. It's by Martha Finley. And um, yeah, for any young women that are looking for really good books to read that encourage your walk with Jesus in through story, like just through fictional stories, but that are like really inspiring. Super, super good. I like, oh man. Yeah. One Those thing are my favorite. That just popped into my mind uh, is that, um, of course, video format and like, you know, um, streaming form- format is amazing. Uh, I can't deny. It's really informative and it makes it so that it's very accessible. Um, there is no like, you don't need to go through like a uh, hundred pages of just explaining the world before you actually start the story. Like uh, <clears throat> Lord of the Rings. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but visually like it's very easy. However, like what I can tell is that to go deep, to go fast, deep at the same time, there is no such thing better than books that really, really goes in depth. Like, if you ever, like, reading essays is some of the things I like sometimes. Is like, um, their essay format is how those who write good essays have really good way of argue, arguing their cases. And they just, a lot of those professors actually moved over to YouTube. And just what they wrote, they just put it in a video format. And it's amazing. It's literally like video essay. That's what that's what they call it. But what I'm saying is like, but they still left out so many things because it's a video format from the from the essay from they the put essay it in. They wrote, yeah, yeah. You're missing out. Like I would say more than fifty percent minimum when you don't read or don't read the book that actually goes into detail. And if you're a fast reader, you can actually get like knowledge like 10 times faster than actually watching a video about it. Mm. Of course, but I think it's... Uh, it depends on who you are. Um, mm-hmm. AKA really? me over here, I get absolutely no knowledge. Oh. from. If I have to read it, like it... If it's not a fictional story, <laughs> <laughs> I will learn absolutely nothing if it's from a reading. Three hundred page book instruction, right? I will not. I will mm. learn absolutely nothing. Like yeah. that was my issue being homeschooled um, at the end of my homeschooling career, because my mother was sick, and I remember reading my history chapter. I read the entire chapter, and I got to the end, and I was reading the questions that I was supposed to answer. Answer. And I was like, what? (laughs) This was in the text that I just read? So then I reread the questions and reread the whole chapter again with the questions in mind, trying to remember them so I could figure it out. I read the entire entire chapter again and still at the end was like, I remember absolutely nothing that I just read from the two times that I read this. I had to read it a third time like I can't grasp information from reading it. Like it's not story form, sure. <laughs> information, no. <laughs> also, interesting fact: like when reading books, I usually um, capture myself at like the stories. The book is telling one story, 
my thoughts go completely other direction. I keep reading, but I don't read the book. I'm like in my thoughts. In your thoughts. <laughs> and then I... <laughs> You're like five not pages actually after, reading. I was like, oh what yeah, what, what was... I, I was thinking about something else. So I have to reread. Sometimes yeah. I have to reread the same re-read page the same. like five times to yeah. like get myself back into if it. If I'm in that place, I'm like, I'm done reading for yeah. now. <laughs> Do you have any book recommendations, Alex? Yeah, I had a lot, but uh, I mean, for example, Mark Twain was my favorite author. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean it's probably different ages right like it's Hmm. not yeah yeah yeah. uh, but Tom Sawyer was like my favorite character growing up it's like amazing literature but now thinking about it I think I didn't know a lot of the facts I was just reading it uh, for fun of it but now understanding a lot of the background I think if I would read the book again like I would see different things mm-hmm. or understand un- understand it from a different perspective but i think reading it back in my i don't know 13 14 whatever i was maybe 12 maybe even younger um, it was much much more fun and now i'll impose completely different wor- world mm-hmm. beyond it with like my age so experience <laughs> yeah yeah and it will be it's less not pure anymore it's yes, weird exactly. too because you can never relive mm. like that first time reading a book like oh, talk about it oh. you can't relive that first time mm. you can read it again and it still be good and like you can still get like yeah, amazing see, things see that, but like mm. you can never reread mm. it for the first time and have like mm. the same experience actually when reading same books much later i know what my thoughts were or like what i what i was thinking or imagining mm-hmm. but my life experience will will tell me otherwise and uh-huh. it will become very boring very soon yeah i think that, yeah. that's my problem with rereading the books yeah mitchell did you have any book recommendations um maybe for self-help books um I read quite a few like regarding different topics like like maybe like working with people or personal finance or things like that. I read 12 uh 12 rules for life by Jordan Peterson. I I read like like self-help books. Yeah, I read a couple. And I think the best one was definitely 8 habits of highly successful individuals. Because it just goes to like the core of what matters. And like all the other ones, like you can just get what that knowledge from the eight habits book gives you and they'll just like move up to those other things. So it's the one category of books I really hate. You really like hate self, yes. self-help books? Uh, yeah, I... I I think they're so useless, and and they are also they're also so American. Like yeah, they are all all the books like all the American books about self help are like five from... steps, ten steps, fifteen steps. Like mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you, and it, uh, it's so American and it so doesn't help. And like <laughs> I, I I don't I don't really know, but it's probably my trouble with whatever the worldview or like the approach that's or really interesting huh? I, that's it, it is I very american it. i definitely yeah. agree yeah. one of the books talked about it oh. <laughs> that's really funny. the subtle art of not giving uh, uh, enough. 
yeah. Oh my goodness. And and I never like I read these books like multiple mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. None of them like, helped me terrible. become more successful or think, like more productive yeah. or whatever. Like they maybe you just, are already just too good for them. <laughs> no, no, I don't no, think. I don't yeah, I think none of them really worked. But I think the just the principles that the eight habits. Like they're really good principles, and if you just don't have them in mind, it's mm. something good to think about. Yeah, but yeah. The yeah, other I know. ones, I would say, like, it's like it's like too high level of, like, um, trying to implement that in your life. It's not actually, you're not thinking about the core issues, problem, or whatever. Yeah, maybe. I'm gonna throw in Amy's few self-help books or growth since we're on that really quickly because I also really like these ones. The Powerful Purpose of Introverts by Holly, is it Girth? I think it's Girth or Gareth, something like that. Um, But we've definitely plugged that in. I plugged that in in like one of our first podcasts ever before I had finished it. (laughs) I did finish it. Um, And it's a great book. Um, Really cool insight on just half of the world because me being an extrovert, I needed to understand introverts a little bit better. So it was really great, yeah. really helpful. Um, yeah, I can probably throw in there um, How to Win Friends and Influence People uh, by Dale Carnage. Carnegie? Carnegie. Carnegie. Um, like, I recently went through this with our family. Uh-huh. Of course, like, a lot of the things we know. Um, in like relationship with people but it really did like organize it well for you to properly digest it Mm -hmm. so i think uh it was some it was able to organize some thoughts about how to properly align myself yeah sometimes some books that i read they like confirm the structure i already had yeah 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 sometimes you like live your life learn lessons by mistakes and then like Oh, this book actually describes like all the lessons I already <laughs> I've knew. I've definitely yeah, experienced yeah, that, that before. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the last one that Amy had was Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk, mm. which I have not finished all the way through because <laughs> funny little story. I was borrowing that book from Amy <laughs> and I was reading it outside and it was a nice, beautiful, sunny day. And I put the book next to me and I took a little nap but the sun melted the binding of the book. <laughs> oh, no. And so it kind of fell apart. <laughs> oh, wow. So I had to replace that one. Mm. Um, or I got to replace that one. And um, I never finished it. But I still actually have the copy that I ruined. And I think Mitchell and I are going to read it. So, <laughs> But it's really good what I've read. But yeah, she recommends. I think Amy has read that one so many times. Just it's like good, not even for romantic relationships, just relationships with people in general, like healthy relationships. It's good. Yeah, I think we have to close on this one. Um, If you need any book recommendations, obviously contact Amy. She has the the biggest list Um, or send us uh, an email or contact us on any social media at uh, Youth Praha and we'll gladly answer um thank you guys and hopefully we'll see you or hear you in the next episode
Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Found in Prague. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Follow us on social media at Youth Praha. Join us next time.